Good morning. It is Monday, April 5th, 7.41 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was very busy. I had very little free time, but somehow managed. Um, actually, I had a little, a little spurts of free time here and there. Um, just been working a ton. I went and saw a matinee at the Embarcadero Center on Friday afternoon. Um, the Embarcadero, it's actually the Embarcadero Cinema. It's a weird, it's a really weird structure. Like, it's a compound of, it's kind of like a mixture between a plaza and a mall. And I always get a little bit lost trying to find the theater there. Um it's just confusing to me. I don't know why. It's like a weird maze with all these escalators and stairs. And there's like these shops on the ground level that serve the financial district community, like, um, you know, a cigar shop, etc. A L'Occitane, you know, lotion shop or whatever. Um, it's just a really weird, it's a weird place. And then there's these little, um, terraced gardens everywhere. Just, but yeah, I made it, I made it to the theater. Um, it was for a 4.30 showing of French Exit. There were about 10 other people in the theater. Um, the, I ordered popcorn again and this time the popcorn was nice and hot um, the guy behind the counter, I realized that I was being kind of a bitch. Um, I don't always realize that, but I checked my attitude pretty fast because, um, he was just taking forever and I was already a couple minutes late to the theater because I get lost, always trying to find the theater and, I was just like, oh my God, he's taking forever. And he was like, maybe in his, then I just felt really bad because it was like, he was like in his late 40s, early 50s. And he was wearing this suit jacket that was like too big for him. And he had like popcorn butter all over his tie and he was frazzled and he was tired and I was just like, I suddenly, I just felt a lot of like compassion for this person because I am so lucky that I'm not ha doing that kind of job. I don't have, you know, I'm probably closer to his age than most people, you know, like I'm so glad that I don't have to do that to survive. And I realized that I was like in a moment of, of privilege and that I should be kinder and more understanding. And it just, I don't want to feel sorry for anyone and I don't want to feel sorry for him because I feel that's like takes away people's dignity in what they're doing. And it's not my place to like patronize someone. Um, but I just saw saw the person that was doing it for a moment and you know carried that carried that 
moment with me um, as I sat down in the theater because we'll be seeing a lot more of that around us like people that should be living you know more comfortable lives that have to do these kind of mundane jobs just to survive um and a bit of kindness and compassion goes a long way because those type of jobs where while I'm sure that he's probably making above minimum wage they're they are very work intensive and involve like a ton of tasks um that aren't very rewarding and it and it's pretty much the same thing every single day I think about that I've been there so, you know, got my popcorn, I'm sitting down, and blah, blah, blah. And the movie, it's another stinker bo binker. Um, it's French Exit starring Michelle Pfeiffer. It's directed by Azizel, Azizel Jones. He is the son of Ken Jones, who's a more famous filmmaker. Um... It was supposed to be like a droll black comedy. Um, I don't think I laughed once. Um, I just kind of sat there and observed it. But Michelle Pfeiffer plays a very wealthy widow whose money is running out. She only has like a certain amount of money. And another one of her wealthy friends offers to let her stay at her flat in Paris with her grown 20-something son, immediately, okay, so in this in this film, Michelle Pfeiffer has bright red hair, like Reba red. Um, and I was thinking, oh, they couldn't get Julianne Moore to play this. <laughs> immediately, I was like, Julianne Moore turned this down 100%. Um, she probably didn't want to work with this director. Um, and I forget the, the name of the young man who, who plays her grown-ish son. Um, but there was, it was kind of creepy to me because I noticed like minor, um, <laughs> I noticed kind of like this weird, undercurrent of sexual chemistry between the mother and the son it was just beyond creepy to me um but it also called to mind that movie the movie savage grace starring julianne moore and eddie redmayne uh which is based on the life's um uh, the true story of the heiress and the heir of the bakelite fortune um, having an incestuous relationship uh, between mother and son where Eddie Redbane eventually, his character, ends up killing his mother um, and then ordering Chinese food after. Um, I'm not giving away the plot. It, it wasn't her finest work, but I think because of the Oedipal tones of this film French Exit 
they're like, oh, we want Julianne Moore, but she already did that. And she would say no anyway, because this movie sucks. Um, it was just kind of interesting. Um, there, there were some problems with the costuming that really bothered me. Um, through most of the scenes, Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of languishing in this goldenrod colored velvet robe, which I believe to me, the longer I stared at it, it looked like it was a stretch velvet, which did not convey luxury to me at all. It didn't drape the way that silk velvet would. It just seemed a little too thick and it, it didn't have like the folds that silk velvet would. But you know, I could be mistaken. Um, just the way the sheen was, it was just disturbing because she's supposed to play this like really wealthy woman. And then, you know, the rest of her wardrobe was, you know, Hermes scarves and, um, you know, coats with fox fur collars and kind of boutique-y cocktail dresses. Um, and then in one scene, she's wearing a coat with a fake fur collar and she's, she's picking up her son in a Rolls Royce. It's like a flashback scene. I'm like, why would you wear this coat, which doesn't even look like it's, it looks like it's made out of a synthetic faux uh, cashmere felt. It's like made of nylon or something um, with like an acetate lining. So it's real crinkly. Um, it didn't lay right. And then it had this like bad fake fur collar but it was cut the same as the other coats with real fur. And I was like, this is a hot mess. This does not convey luxury to me. This is supposed to be a fabulously wealthy person. Why would she choose suddenly choose a coat of subpar quality? Like, it looked like it was from H&M clearance rack. Anyway, so those were those are two things. And yeah, there was literally no chemistry between the son and his fiance, and then just this creepy chemistry between him and his mom. Um, so the mother is basically, as soon as the money runs out, like her, she wants her life to be over, basically. Um, it's left open-ended. The only thing that was really redeeming about it was this cat in the movie which I think is probably some of the best cat acting since, like, the Morris commercials, um, Nine Lives. It was a black cat who is, they ascribe a speaking role to him. Um, it was charming, but it wasn't enough to make it a good movie. It was a bad movie. And I'm probably going to see more bad movies um, because that's all that's playing right now. And it's kind of fun. I didn't walk out of it this time. I don't think it was as bad as last week's movie. Oh, you know, I'm just trying to get through the days because there's just so much suffering in this world. And I want to do what I can to help. But I also need... 
I like going to see the movies and stuff because I just need a brain break. I need a place to sit alone and be silent and observe. Observe and be part of a story or listen to a story, watch a story. Um, I'm almost done with my linen tunic and it feels so good. I have pinned plackets under the arms um, just to make it a more comfortable. And then I'm going to edge it in lace on the bottom. I want it to be like some over-the-top... Um, is that the word chossable? <laughs> uh, the kind of top that like an altar boy wears or a priest wears. Very liturgical. Um, I kept my listings light in the shop so I would have light shipping today. Um, I went through the name change. Forbidden Fruit Vintage is what um, used to be opium den and it feels really good um i feel like i have more freedom and i can just open this the shop to be more inclusive of you know more styles um i like to show it showcase and you know gather items like from around the world you know and i felt not only was the name Opium Den really problematic and getting more problematic every second, um, but also I, you know, I just didn't feel right showing something from China ever or from, you know, I always, I had some items from Japan, but I would still feel kind of strange about it, you know, um, but now I feel like I can represent more and show more because San Francisco, you can just get all kinds of things from around the world that other people aren't exposed to, you know? So I'm just relieved and I don't want to contribute to any violence of towards Asian people at all, like in any way. Um or to any any people at all. So forbidden fruit seems to work. Um, Jen invited me to go to this thing called Red Light Lit um, with Hannah and Brendan. And I almost didn't go. I almost flaked out because I was like, oh, I got to be around people. But then I was like, hey, this might be nice. I could sit and have a nice glass of wine and it'll be fine. You won't be forced to talk to anybody. Um, I think normally these events were held at the makeout room. Um, this time it was held at the Phoenix Hotel um, poolside. And... It's not normally my kind of thing that I would go to, but I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun. I had three glasses of Pinot Noir. Um, Hannah and Jen both had Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> and then Brendan had a can or two of some kind of, it looked like a lager. It was in a black can. 
very boutique beer. Um, we had an octopus act, uh, octopus appetizer, and then we had a ham appetizer, which was basically a deconstructed Cubano sandwich, um, and a cheese plate that was part of the appetizer, which was like, okay, just feed me food. Um, then Jen ordered a chopped salad and I had some of that it was really good green goddess dressing. Um, and Brendan and Hannah are not on the meat train right now. So they had some, uh, grilled carrots on top of a bed of couscous that they looked serviceable, but you know, when a vegetarian is at your table, you don't want to just like start eating on their food, you know, um, when that's the only thing they can eat, it's kind of rude. So I just looked at the food that they were eating. It looked good. Um, but I was satisfied with my food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we enjoyed some pleasant conversation in between uh, the sets. Um, there were t- 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 four or five performers. Sarah Beth got up there and she read some excerpts from her yellow book I believe her yellow book is called thanks for nothing but I'm not sure um she has a beautiful speaking voice and her cadence was um it lent itself to the tone of the poetry it complemented it well it wasn't over overwrought um then there was another woman who um I believe she's South Asian, um, and she had some wonderful poetry about contending with her life as an adult and also um, as an adult living what she's, you know, between two cultures and what she's been acculturated into doing and reconciling that. And I, they, those are those are beautiful pieces. Um, then there was a guy who had who kind of like looked like a turtle out of his shell um and he was wearing a little beanie like a turtle would wear if they wore a beanie like a rolled beanie um and he had a <laughs> a, a british accent that was you know, tinged with um neurosis uh and his poems were just funny poems about love he gave Myself, Jen, and Hannah each a copy of his book. Um, and the, yeah, the poems were really funny. Um, if you like shows like <clears throat> Larry David or something, it had a Larry David feel to it, but more intense. Um, and then there was another, there was another poet who I felt they were just giving me word salad um, and doing their level best to, like, convey eroticism. Um, from what I hear, they were being squired by Rusty. Um, so maybe they were trying to up the heat, um, because Rusty was there in, in the audience. Um, but to me, it was, they were not anyone's favorite poems at the table. Um, I know how hard it must be to get up there and, you know, try to convey, you know, the eroticism of what you're writing or trying to convey eroticism and then someone that you 
just started dating is kind of in the room. I, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I, that seems really hard. Um, but, you know, it got done. Uh, and then and then there was a, a man that was playing like a, a Les Paul who um, was providing kind of sparse musical background, you know, and then he get he had some poems that kind of reminded me of, I don't know, they were very Gen X. So yeah, everyone's poems were nice. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the evening. Um, and then a young man got up and sang, uh, some songs that were kind of high lifestyle. He had a really pretty voice. Um, I could totally see him making it as, as like a commercially viable singer. Um, he was very attractive and he had a really cute suit and a pork pie hat. Um, I think he'll do well. And then I walked with Hannah and Brendan from the Phoenix to 15th and Shotwell, and then I took a lift home. Um, but yeah, that was a nice evening. I've, I'm glad I went out. Um, I've got another challenging week ahead of me. Um, so I've got to, I can't really speak on what I have to do, but after it's done, I can talk about it. Um, but I am, I need, I need your prayers because it's what I'm about to do is difficult. Um, yeah. So I have got to start my day. I need to go and get some heavy cream to put in my coffee and do some shipping. I'm shipping a bra to Greece. I've never shipped anything to Greece before. Um, and yeah, I'm going to finish my linen tunic. And I hope you all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.